Hi, I'm Tracy Winstein, and I was addicted to anything and everything that allowed me to escape myself. And I'm here with my brother, Kirk Winstein, who is the lead singer and guitar player for Crowbar, guitar player for the band Down, lead singer, I'm sorry, not lead singer, but singer for and guitar player, Jesus, for Kingdom of Sorrow, and he's also a solo artist. That was like a tongue twister. Anyhow, so I, I asked my brother if he'd do this podcast with me to help, you know, because obviously he grew up with me and um, my addiction, to help, you know, us create an awareness of the severity of drug addiction, alcoholism, and pretty much anything that people are addicted to. And especially during this time, with the, the pandemic going on, there's also, you know, drug addiction is a pandemic. And in the year 2020 alone, I just researched it, there were like pro- approximately 80,000 deaths from drug overdose. And that's just the ones that are recorded. And that equals out to about 250 people a day. So apparently there's a problem. And, you know, when I was in active addiction, um, you know, I mean, my brother loved me, but of course he didn't like me. I didn't like myself. And, you know, he and he and a real good friend of his and my dad, you know, they literally had to do something extremely uncomfortable, which was to get me into a treatment center. And of course I fought it every, you know, step of the way and I hated him for it. You know, but I mean, you know, they saved my life. So I've been sober since um October twenty first, two thousand and six. So all right. Okay, so obviously Kirk and I, we grew, we grew up in the same family. If you know us and you're very familiar with uh, Myrna and Shady, uh, we grew up in River Ridge. And, you know, we grew up with the same parents, you know, raised the same way. But, you know, I always felt, I always felt less than than my brother. And nobody ever told me that. This was just something, you know, that, that I, it, it was in my head. And I can say that, Probably started when I was like about six years old, and I overheard my grandmother telling my mom and her younger sister, because they were both short, which I'm short, telling them that, you know, if y'all gained five pounds, you know, y'all are going to be fat. So for whatever reason, when I heard my grandmother say that, and I know that she didn't say it in order to hurt anybody, it's just, you know, that's that's what she said. But I kind of I kind of started to correlate you know, fat with like not being good enough. And I, I, that's, that's so not the case. That's just something that I perceived in my head. So there started the body image issues, but you know, we did have a fun childhood. You know, we'll have lots of stories for y'all, but, um, also, you know, growing up with a brother who's, um, extremely talented, you know, he's a, um, you know, bona fide metal star and, uh, you know, it, it was hard. I'm not going to lie. It, it was, it was hardly, you know, living in his shadow. And I always felt less than, less than him. Again, nobody ever told me that. It's just something, you know, that I, that I perceived. And my mother, the year my brother got his, uh, Gibson Les Paul guitar, which was, we think it's 78. Yeah. 1978. Christmas of 78. Christmas of 78. My mom's like, Oh yeah, darling. Um, you know, your Christmas is going to be real small this year. 
Now, I know that she did not mean, you know, what I, what I heard, what I heard from her was, we love your brother more. You know, right. e even... Favoritism. Exactly. Even though that's not, that's not at all what she said, that's what I heard. So anyhow, um, all right, I'm going to, you know, start by asking Kirk a couple of questions and I will go from there. So what... Let me ask you this. When did you start to see that I was like, you know, having a like a drug problem was a problem? Um, I mean, well, at one point, like you know, even though I'm three years older than you, at one point, you know, me and some of my friends used to go out with you and your friends and stuff. And at first, it was just you know drinking and regular whatever, you know, uh, hitting clubs and having drinks and cutting up and you know, and it was all great. But um, I knew, and this is actually kind of I'm trying to think of the timeline but when do you think around like what year that you started regularly using like first it was cocaine uh, uh, ecstasy oh cocaine. ecstasy yeah, yeah i would say probably let me think um i was about i, I was old yeah. that's another thing i want to mention i didn't start using like heavy drugs till i was 26 so i'm 52 now so it was 26 years ago Whatever the mat, uh, I don't know what the mat, 93, 95, something like that. All right, see, that was um, before I, I really started. Like, I didn't, I didn't regularly, like, well, started out recreational, right. but started, I didn't start using cocaine until 97 or 98. Like, okay. kind of oh, started wow. getting like a regular thing. But I mean, I, I can remember one time you, you going to work. And Jesus. <laughs> before you left for work, we had a glass table in the kitchen area, dining area. And I, I walk in the room and she's dressed for work and she's chopping up a rail of blow. Right. So um, if I'm not mistaken, you might have hit the tree backing up out the driveway too. Oh, I, I'm, uh, and that's just because, you know, you weren't drunk. Right, but right. But still, I was, I was that like, was I even said, I'm like, Tracy, Jesus, you're doing that, you know. I not, remember that. It's not like Friday night and you're right, out I, partying. I actually, I swear to God, I yeah, remember yeah. that. Yeah, I'm like, you're literally doing a lot right. to go to work. And it may have been crystal meth. If I, I mean, It could have been. Yeah, yeah. Crystal meth was my <clears throat> drug of choice. I think it's important to say that. Um. Yeah, the coke thing for you didn't last long. Yeah, the next it, thing it became right. crystal meth. But I mean, I, it just started to be where you were never not on it. You know, exactly. that's the type of drug it is, of course. But you right. were never not Very under true. the influence yeah. of you know meth. Meth, yeah, um, yeah. And you know, like um, I mean, honestly, at the time I thought that was crazy because mm -hmm. I really never. I mean, it was before I started. And I mean, even I'm not, believe me, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. No, no, it's cool. At all. Yeah. And even when I did, did cocaine, I would say regularly. Yeah. It was still, you know, I, I, I would do it when I went out. Right. But I might have went out four or five days a week. Right, right. But, you know, it was more of that way. And I didn't understand, like, the meth mentality where it lasts so long that, you know, you're always, you're kind of always on it, you know, and you, and you never want to come down, of course. Yeah. But, um, I mean, you know, I, I just noticed a difference in, you know, in, in that I could always tell you under the influence right, of it, right. you know, and, you know, it's like when you can't, can't take a break, then, you know, it's, it's obvious, it's an obvious addiction, a problem, a problem that, that be, can turn into an addiction, you know? Right. And, um, yeah, and like everything he's saying, exactly, I, I completely agree. And, you know, what, because, <sighs> you know, I, I did ecstasy, I rolled. That wasn't something that, like, I would do, like, you know, like, hanging out at the house. 
Um, I don't think cocaine was either, but yeah, when I literally, like when I found crystal meth, that was it. And being that I had these body image issues, this is a drug um, that you literally, like I literally could not eat on. It literally, like to take a sip of water was like like a chore. So, you know, of course I lost, you know, I mean, not that I was big to begin with, but I lost weight. You know, I thought I was like the hottest thing in the city. <laughs> Looking back now, I look terrible. You know, I can remember somebody telling me like, Jesus, like your ribs are sticking out. And I'm like, oh, you know, like F you, you know, I'm hot, whatever, you know. But anyway, drugs lie to you. So anywho, um, so yeah, so that, and he's right. Like once I started doing it, it was like, I, that was it. I, I literally never came down unless whoever I was getting it from didn't have it, which was, you know, which was pretty rare, you know. Um, so my, you know, literally like my mission in life became, you know, like to do meth. And at first, and Kirk even said this last week, like at first it didn't seem like it was a problem, you know, because it is a drug that you literally like, you you can like, you can be, what's the word I'm looking for? Like you, you can, it can, I guess at first that my opinion would be. And of course, I've tried it. It's, I never did like it, you know, at all. But I, to me, it's something that when you when you you know when you first start doing it, it helps you focus on things, and you can be very productive and get things done. And because you're not really sleeping, you know, you're constantly tweaking, but yeah. <laughs> in a positive, positive manner, right? Right? right, right. I you get know, it. But yeah. you're getting shit done, right? And it's you know, and and I guess what happens is it just messes with your brain and you, yeah. You know your body's chemistry and everything to the point where it it no longer it, it just becomes tweaking and it doesn't yeah. you know it's no longer something that recreational or yeah that can help you you know it's not I mean like all the kids these days take the whatever it is to uh, take exams and stuff oh, Adderall. yeah exactly yeah I mean yeah. and, the, and the, the shit works you know on on I guess right but I mean it's it that's a legit medication it is yeah you know um not you know something. Right. You know, made, made in a bathtub, right? So, yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's different. You know, uh, it's still. I mean, it's not. There's no reason to take it if you don't need it. I mean, I agree. But, yeah, Def- definitely. Because I mean, again, it, you know, it, it can become a problem. So, I. So, I mean, I don't. I remember when I first went to treatment. You know, we kind of talked about. You know, like I don't remember the day that I like crossed the line. No pun intended. Um. And became like full blown, you know, like drug addict. You know, it happened. You know, it happened over. It happens over time. And you know what I've learned since then is that drugs and alcohol they change your brain chemistry. So I literally like I need. I literally needed. I needed it. Like I, you know, I'd come down. I'd stay up for like the most longest I ever stayed up for was like eleven days. Jeez. That's crazy. I mean, I was out of my mind. Right. You know, I think... Exactly. Because even, like, if you don't do drugs, three days of being up with no sleep, you're hallucinating. Yeah, even if it's just coffee or something. Exactly. Trying to stay up for something. Yeah. I was, like, I mean, out out of my mind. And, you know, and there was was a piece of me that, like, I still knew that, like, I knew I was addicted. I knew that it wasn't right, you know, and... I was even telling Kirk last week, you know, there were times I'd be on the computer tweaked out of my mind trying to find, you know, like, okay, like, is there, like, could I ever go to rehab for this? But I didn't think it was possible because it's, you know, so freaking expensive. I didn't realize that they, you know, there's a, now I know because I'm, you know, 
in the field, there's, you know, so many resources available to people that don't cost a penny, you know, to, um, you know, to help you. So again, I wanted to do this podcast because I want to, you know, I guess I could say like, I don't want to say normalize it, but in a way, normalize it. Like we're a family, you know, we went through it, you know, you know, they shipped me off to treatment. Thank God. I hated them for it at first, but then, you know, you know, it helped save my life. And, um, you know, so we got through it, you know, and yeah, there's so, you know, I hate that there's stigma attached to addiction, alcoholism, any kind of addiction, you know, it's sex, yeah, shopping, yeah. snacks, I you mean, know. People, and to saying that the term normalize it is, to me is more like saying, okay, you know, there's probably, it's so common, um, and not just addiction, like, you know, uh, but abuse of, you know, of alcohol and stuff like that, which I've been guilty of. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> quite, you know, quite a bit over my adult lifetime. Um, but, um, you know, thank God I do have an on-off switch. Um, like, like, like and, I, and usually it's, usually it's me, myself going, you know what? Yeah, enough's enough, man. You know, fuck this. I, I, I need to chill. But I mean, you know, we're looking... Okay, when you say normalize, I guarantee you in in my neighborhood here, there are people... In the ridge, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, close by. Oh, yeah. It could be the cat, you yeah, know, so a block hard. away. I right. mean, that it has some kind of problem, you know. It, it can be anything. I mean, even, even you know, um, although it's, it's, it's totally socially acceptable, I mean, you know, cigarettes are such an addictive, addictive thing. Yeah. And, you know... Um, but you know, there's somebody around, very close to us right now, that's struggling with some type of drug or, you know, alcohol or or, or something, you know. And that's why, when you say no, to me, the, the, using the term normalizing it just means it's so much more common than, than anybody think. knows. That's and that's like, true. It's a lot more common. Like you don't know that the, you know, the guy that might be the checkout kind of guy at the grocery store, you know, just, you know, went and did a line of right. meth or something. And he's right. back there working the cash register. He's at work, everybody. But, you know, you don't realize that it's that freaking common. common. No, you're right. You're right. And I, I guess, too, like when I say normalize, I mean, like, like I want I want to make it. I, I want I will. I want people to be able to not be ashamed of it. Right. You know, to be like, you know what? You know, like, God damn it. I need help. You know, like, <laughs> let me get in touch with, you know, let me get in touch with me or, you know, if you, if, you know, if I can't help you, cause I do have my master's in addiction counseling. I'm also a certified, um, interventionist, you know, if I can't help you, you know, I definitely, you know, you know, hook you up with somebody, somebody that can, but you know, I carried so much shame and guilt. Cause you know, let's face it. My decision making was not, a, you know, it, it wasn't good. You know, um, I've been arrested for it. I, um, I went to jail for it. Um, and you would think, you would think that that would make, that would make me like not, you know, want to stop doing it. But no, like when you're in jail, you know, you kind of pick up some tips, you know, like on, you know, right. I mean, it's terrible, but you know, it's, it is what it is, you know. And, you know, I'm not even ashamed to say that. I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say it no, because it, be. yeah, it's, it's part of who I am. It's my story, yeah. you know, and I can I mean, t- in all honesty, you didn't hurt anybody but yourself. Exactly, and right. And your family. And my family, degree, right, but right. I mean, you know. And that's the only uh, part I regret. I always say the only thing I regret about everything, you know, is hurting my family, you know, and loved ones. But, um, you know, I had to do all that to get to where I am now. 
And I was going to say something. Um, I can't remember. I'll think, it'll come back to me. But anyhow, you know, going to, yeah, going to jail and, you know, picking up tips, you know, and, you know, you meet other people, you know, it's like, and it, it's like criminal networking. And I know that sounds terrible, but I mean, that's, that's my experience. You know, I mean, it's totally my experience. And when, you know, and I can tell you, I've never met anybody that I've shared my story with that hasn't been like, oh my God, like that's, you know, that's awesome. Like nobody's ever been like, Jesus, you know, right. what do you mean? You know, you did drugs and then you went and got help for it. Like, that's horrible. I mean, people, you know, I, I, I can literally like tell, like when I'm telling somebody, I can actually see like compassion or whatever like they they change you know they're like wow you know like i would have never known that about you well yeah. you know of course not you know and i do and i do tell people yeah because you know i want people to know there's hope there's you know a couple of um you know customers where i work at you know we you know they used to see me all the time in the um lobby you know doing my school work and they'd be like well, you know what are you in school for i'd be like addiction counselor oh okay you know and i you know, give them a little bit of my story. And I, I can't tell you how many times, you know, people are like, oh my God, you know, my, my son's an addict. Yeah. You know, we've, you know, you, Tracy, you give me so much hope. You know, thank you for sharing that with me, you know. Yeah. Or, you know, like people like, well, <clears throat> I don't understand. I don't understand how this, you know, why can't people stop using drugs? You know, it's willpower. And I'm like, no, actually it's not. You know, it, it's not about that. Like, you know, it, I believe in the disease model, but, um, you know, I mean, it's cool, you know, if other people don't, I don't push it on anybody. You know, that's what, you know, worked for me. To, you know, that's what's worked for me and, you know, whatever works for you. Well, the, the, the smartest thing to do is, is, it's easy to say, but never try <laughs> right. stuff. Right, you know, I mean, which is, like, yeah. I mean, it's impossible to tell people that, you right. know, young people. Right. It's in, it's human nature to... Be curious and say, mm -hmm. oh, well, you know, if this is, you know, all these people are having so much fun doing this, and that's, blah, yeah. blah, blah, let me try it, you know. But, I mean, um, I think the people who are negative about it or who look down on on addicts or, you know, uh, pe people having problems and issues are, are the ones who've never tried it. Like, that's a great you know, point. Like some, some old lady might, you know, I, I can't, you know, oh, she's nothing but a piece of trash or he's... <laughs> You know, right. he's a loser. He's on. He's a drug addict. Right, right. Well, it's like you know, I get it to a degree. So do I, I, mean, I totally get it. Yeah. You know, don't you know? You just I'm never, sure that lady's got her own issues too. She does, and, and there's nobody in the world that doesn't. Yep, know? that's nobody's right. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. Um, nobody's ever gonna be. No. And that's the way way it is. It's right. like there's something, you know, or a lot of times what happens too is like with older people when their children, even even if they're like. You know, our age in their fifties or something are addicts. Then they're they're totally negative about it because they're usually in denial, as our parents were. Yes, they were. Like I was never in denial. Right, right, and right. My friends weren't in denial. Like Jesus Christ, <laughs> she's out of control. Yeah. You know, my mom and dad were just like, "Oh, she's fine." And I'm like, "No, she's really right, not." Right. You know, but yeah. they couldn't. I mean, being a musician, touring as much as I did and all that, of course I was constantly around True. drugs and alcohol. Right. You, you are know? aware of how, like, severe it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That I it mean, exists. You know. And, yeah, he's right. Like, um, my parents, you know, and, again, you know, like, what, I, what I've learned about enabling is that it's, in a lot of ways, it's more about the enabler. Like, the, the enabler doesn't want to have, like, that conversation with, you know, their kid, their loved one, whoever it is, the enabler doesn't, you know, it's like, 
they think it's a reflection of them, but it's not. You know, right. and I get that. I come, you know, who the hell wants to go to their kid and be like, "Yo, you know, yeah. you have a drug problem, Johnny." You know, I mean, like, unless, unless, and it, of course, it's it's more common than you think. The parents got the kids started on drugs. You know, right, of right. Of course, that was not our case at all. Well, it was, but <clears throat> our mom, you know, she did pop a lot of pills. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, I can remember all all legal, but right, all legal, that's irrelevant. <laughs> but I can remember one time, and you know, and I let me just say this: I am I am the creator of my drug addiction. I don't I don't blame anybody. Of course, I used to before I got sober. But anyway, you know, but I can remember my mom one time. You know, God rest her soul. I was like broke up. I was fighting with one of my boyfriends or something. And she literally was like, oh, here, darling, you know, take this little piece of Xanax. It'll make you feel better. And one of my aunts happened to be at the house. And she said, she was like, oh, my God, like, you know, this is not good. Like, you know, she wasn't like I had no coping skills. Yeah. You know, you know, like I had no I wasn't taught any coping skills, you know, and. You know, my, I mean, you know, my mom, I mean, she loved us. I mean, I know she loved us. It's not a doubt in my mind. You know, it's it's not about that. You know, she had her stuff too. And, you know, that's another thing I've, you know, I've learned is that, you know, family, you know, parents, you know, regardless of what happens, you know, it's like, you know, everybody, everybody is capable or has the ability to love or to parent, whatever, you know, based on like what, you know, how they were loved or, right. you know, and nobody's perfect. Like you were saying, Kurt, definitely you know, nobody's <clears throat> perfect. But, um, but, you know, I know my mom, you know, wasn't sitting there going, yeah, you know, let me give my daughter a Xanax so that, you know, she'll become a drug addict addicted right. to meth. It's like, like, yeah. You're freaking out and she's trying to calm you down. Well, exactly. Exactly. You know, <clears throat> and it worked. You know, it, it, it worked. Xanax definitely worked. And I enjoyed taking them. But um, I think I was going to say something else about them enabling me. Yeah, and, and, you know, and I get it. Like, it's it's easier to believe, like, you know, because I did go to work, like Kirk was saying. I did go to work. I was, any job that, you know, I ever had, I, I did great at. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, before, during, you know, and after, you know, drugs. Um, So, I could see why, you know, my parents or anybody would not think, like, this isn't, it, it's not possible. Because I think that people, first of all, they, you know, they may have an image of what a drug addict or an alcoholic looks like. You know, or acts like, and a lot of people think it's a moral issue, and it's not a lack of morals. Now, granted, once I started doing drugs, right? You know, my morals, you know, my moral compass was, you know. But I mean, skewed. like on a lot of the television programs too that deal with, you know, like any of the TV shows, especially SVU. That that's my favorite one, you know. Mine too. Um, you know, especially that one. A lot of times, like speaking of enablers, it's the rich families, you know, right. that the kids. I mean, the, the filthy rich families, right. you know that. That are enabling the kids by giving them money, and they just you're you know, right. and they don't want to deal with it. It's kind of like the they just block it out, and it's, right. it's like you yeah. know. Um, <clears throat> and also, you know, the like you were saying with what you you know, always holding down a full time job, even working extra, making making good money, you know, earning earning an honest living and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. You know, it's easy for the parent to look at that and just think that that's. Normal because right. a lot of times when you watch a TV show or a movie, the person that's a struggling addict is homeless or very you know, true. That's or, true. Or, you know, whatever. You no, know, you're living right on about the streets. That. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, having sex with you know women having sex or even men having sex with 
other men for money right. or whatever, whatever it takes to get the drugs. Right. And they're like, well, my child's not, not like that. You know, she, she or he's got a, a good job and everything's yep. fantastic. Well, you know, don't judge the book by the cover. That yep. goes in a lot of different ways. No, definitely. From the right. cover, it may look like everything is right, order, but right. it doesn't always mean that it is. And, that, and I'm glad you said that. I, and I post that sometimes on my Facebook. You know, I'm like, you know, just remember, y'all, you know, like addiction, alcoholism, it doesn't discriminate. It can happen no. to anybody. Yeah. You know, when I went to treatment, you know, I mean, there were like, you know, there were doctors, there were lawyers, there were, you know, housewives, mm -hmm. there were... You know, there was me, you know, there was, you know, people who were like in college, you know, one of my yeah, roommates yeah. had a full-blown scholarship, you know, to college, you know, um, you know, I mean, it ha it definitely happens. And again, like I said, you know, it's, it's not a moral issue, but I do, I do understand. I can, I can remember when I was, it just goes to show you how, you know, how, how, I mean, I was in denial. I can remember my probation officer Yes, I did say probation officer. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Supervised release officer, excuse me, suggesting to me that I go to meetings. And I'm thinking to myself, like, for what? Yeah. You know, like, meeting, you know, there's NA, there's A. And I'm like, no, like, I'm not like those people. Yeah, you know, that happens all the time, too. All the time. And that, that was, you know, that's my denial, <clears throat> you know. And then, when, you know, when I got to treatment, I can remember, um, I remember exactly who it was, but of course I'm not going to say names. You know, he was, you know, telling a story and he was like, you know, I, I was a shell of a person. And I'm like thinking literally like, oh, Paul Donald, you know, shell of a person. But then like, once I started thinking about it, I'm like, fuck, I am so a shell. I, right. Yeah. I am a shell of a person. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, it's just, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. But, um, you know, it's, it's you know, staying sober, it was hard in the beginning, but, it's, you know, it's not, I mean, it's not, I mean, it's, it's just, it's what I do. It's what I, it's what I need to do. You know, I have to work on myself, you know, every day and, you know, I have to, I have to manage this thing that I have because it doesn't, it doesn't go away, you know, because at the end of the day, like I am Tracy Winstein, I am an addict, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, my brain, my brain is still my brain, you know, so anyway, I'm going to wrap this up. We're going to have part two and um, thank you for listening and have a great day.